Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies, episode 17. Thank you to the BJJ box. My VIP box came yesterday. Uh, they gave me this really cool mask. I'm not going to keep it on for the show, but I wanted to give them a shout-out. Got the cool new Nuaza t-shirt as well. Always repping them on the on the backdrop as well. Let me take this off because it's just really weird. <laughs> so again, welcome back, everybody. Jiu-Jitsu Dummies episode 17, sponsored by Fightback CBD. Get 15% off your CBD order at fightbackcbd.com. You can use code JJD. Uh, this is uh, Bo. This is our second quarantine show. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's uh, it's me by myself with the uh, with this gentleman on the on the uh, screen that I'm going to introduce you to just momentarily. Uh, obviously, don't have the crew here. We're uh, practicing our social distancing, so it is what it is. But uh, we've got a really cool guest for you guys today. Uh, this is TJ Blitz. Yeah, Kreitzer. Right. <laughs> He's the vice president and director of National Ambassador Network and training facilities for We Defy, and uh, and probably this is the first time. This will probably be the first and only time that I, that I'll ever do this. F sixteen pilot, fighter yeah. pilot. Is yep, that right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let yeah. you go into that. I don't want to. I don't want to butcher your your resume. But sure. uh, but TJ, welcome, welcome. Uh, thank hey, you for doing that. this. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Uh, go ahead and why don't you, I'm going to let you do the honor. G give us your name, rank, serial number, you know, uh, tell us all, <laughs> not, not everything, you know, but yeah. uh, I don't want to butcher uh, your, uh, uh, your resume. Go ahead. Sure. I, um, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, spent my whole life there until I was 18 years old. And then the day after that, I went to the Air Force Academy. Okay. Graduated there and was commissioned as a second lieutenant in the Air Force okay. and uh, got a pilot slot. So I trained in uh, Wichita Falls, Texas at a NATO program uh, to be a fighter pilot. Okay. Went from there to Arizona, uh, flew the F-16 and then flew in Korea. I uh, flew in Utah and then did a deployment to Iraq, came, okay. came back, became an instructor pilot and eventually joined the Air Force Reserve, stayed as an instructor pilot for a while and um, started a, a, a normal person job as an airline pilot. Okay. And, All right. When I started that job and I had a little more free time on my hands, I found about found out about this thing called jujitsu. <laughs> oh yeah, I've heard of that. It's that, pretty cool. Yeah. So in uh, actually it was more like 2011, 2012, I got into Muay Thai and some other MMA conditioning. Okay. And um, eventually decided to uh, I, I really did all stand up until twenty fifteen. And okay. then at that point I thought I'd like to get more serious about some sort of combat sport. But some of my doctors uh, were talking about my career and the concussion risk in, in stand-up. Um, so a uh, recommendation came, why don't you try grappling instead? Okay. Let's, let's go with that part. And um, I was not per that interested. I, it didn't look fun. It looked awful. It looked terrible. Sweaty men dripping all, sweaty sweat clothes. dripping all over you? Yeah. Didn't sound interesting? Okay. Yeah, it did not look fun. And I <laughs> hitting stuff. Um, but... At that recommendation, this is this makes sense. Maybe maybe this is the balance between a career and a hobby. Mm -hmm. And um, I started tinkering with it, and then before long, I was like, I, I fully committed to it. I stopped. Gotcha. It gets you. It did. I, I, I didn't hit any more heavy bags. No more, you know, no more pad work because I thought you know, I only got so much time to work, and I'm old. So <laughs> got this many. I got a, you know, I got a, I got a timeline now mm -hmm. to try to accomplish whatever I can. Yeah. So if I'm going to do that. I need to focus. So I threw myself into jujitsu and, uh, I stopped all, you know, I still lift, still doing other kinds of stuff to supplement it, but combat sport wise, that's all I train anymore. I tell everybody jujitsu is you either love it or you hate it. 
There's yeah. no like, well, let me go lift today. It's not like that. It's not like, well, yeah. let me go. Haven't been to jujitsu in a couple months. I'm going to go this week. You know, it's, yeah, it's, no. it's all, it's all or nothing. And you just can't, you can't really do it any other way. Well, that's how I started was once or twice a week. And I, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was progressing. Yeah. And as my body became, uh, you know, better tempered for it, mm-hmm. I was able to train more and more. And that's where I, that's when I finally saw, you know, improvement, consistent yeah. improvement that I could, I could feel it. I could see it happening Yeah. versus, you know, going into the gym once or twice a week and relearning how to do a triangle every time I go to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's what happens. And I, it, it feels really weird. I know for myself, I, uh, just found out I have an ACL and MCL tear. So oh, okay. with the coronavirus and not being able to go into surgery anytime soon, it's a good year before I'll be yeah, able to train and, again. Well, so, that's the thing is so many people right now, all those little nicked up injuries and things, you know, I've, I <laughs> things, I play a lot of rubber guard and nogi and man, my hips are, I got flexibility, but there's still, weaknesses and deficiencies in those muscles so i'm in yeah. the basement right now trying to strengthen that stuff up yeah because especially with my age i have to stay on top of it yeah and now i have the time how old so, are you now 40 i'll be 43 in june okay 47 myself so i'm uh okay. i'm up I, I get that whole you know we've got this small window to do what we want to yeah. do before yeah. you know the little aches and pains yeah. really start to get you i'm trying to fight yeah. it at every angle I, 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 i'm upset that i'll be out for the year but uh back to hitting the bag weights as yeah. much as I could do in the house right yeah, now. So, yeah. uh, what, uh, what's your belt rank? Um, four stripe blue belt. Okay. So that's the that's the hard part about sitting out right now because you're right on the edge of the next, you know, yeah. next promotion whenever that happens. And you and, know, and you, I, you've compete you you compete. Yeah, I have. A, um, I do have. A, I, I won um, Nogi Worlds in 2018 at blue belt in okay. my you know age group. Um, and I had I was already to go for pans and yeah, uh, you know. We all know what happened there. Yeah. So. <laughs> Cancel. Where, yeah. and where, where are you currently training? Let's give I them a shout Minnesota out. Minnesota Top Team um, up in... Well, I'm sorry, I didn't uh, hear you. Uh, Minnesota Top Team. Okay. In Egan, Minnesota. It's a suburb in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And we're a member of uh, an M-Theory affiliation, which is a incredibly good competition team okay. um, up here. Um, they're phenomenal. And, yeah. and we send people, we send teams to Worlds and Pans. Every, every, people come back with medal every time. Yeah. It, it's an incredible team um, yeah. for, for this part of the country. Okay. And uh, we're a Pedro Sauer affiliate. Oh, okay. I was just watching his video uh, this morning where he was uh, he fights the, uh, the weightlifter. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> yeah. Somebody just posted. I, I, it yeah. came up in my feed uh, this morning. It's like a, a good four or six-minute video yeah. of him fighting that, uh, uh, that, uh, that weightlifter. If you don't know what I'm talking about, everybody, go check that out. Just, uh, just Google him. Uh, so – Normally, you know, I mentioned this before. Normally, we have you know a group of people here. We do these jujitsu roundtables. I just want to kind of give you or let everybody know who hasn't been listening or who hasn't heard me tell the story before. Normally, uh, you know, again, it's Junior, Janet, myself, uh, Mauricio, Endor, Raul. Uh, almost everybody involved with the show is uh, is either a Marine or you know Janet's married to a Marine who just retired. Um, you know, we had been giving Mission Twenty Two shout outs. And he says, oh, well, we got a shout out. We defy. So he hadn't mentioned the entire time we were doing the show or since I've known him that he was a we defy ambassador. So we got to make sure he does a better job. Uh, so I, I said, you know, that would be really cool. It would be really cool if the show could be an ambassador. And I, ba- I basically signed up as me. And we were just discussing this before we went on air. You know, my intent was really for the show to be the ambassador. I'm great with my name, you know, me being an ambassador, but want to make sure that this, you know, this uh, podcast is the sounding board, 
you know, is the soapbox that I can stand on, that Junior can stand on, that you guys can come on and tell us what's going on. Keep us up to date. Let's get more ambassadors, you know, just really yeah. spread the word. So, um, again, for those of you who, who didn't know, you know, that's how that's how we got started. I, I filled out an application on your website uh, and I went through a little bit of a process with Anthony, who's uh, Anthony would mm-hmm. be considered what, like a regional? Yeah, regional. He's got the southeast. So okay. he lives in Virginia. He was a Rocky Mountain. Okay. Uh, ambassador, but he just moved to Virginia a little while ago, um, okay. and so and he's a volunteer. The whole ambassador network is all all volunteers. It's okay. not a paid staff. Very cool. There's about eighty of them now, um, and they're se- they're broken up into seven regions. How many? About eighty. About eighty. Very cool. So hopefully we can get people to sign up. And you know, one of my questions was, and and it did come up on the application. With do you have to have a military background to do this? Sure. And, and, and you don't. No, it's you know we. There's a lot of people that are ambassadors that have a military background because mm-hmm. they understand where that cross section is between the jujitsu culture and the military culture. They mm-hmm. fit together incredibly well. Yeah. But people that are ambassadors just have to have a passion for jujitsu and for taking care of other people. Yeah. That's the whole idea. And yes, we have a very specific group of recipients. It's veterans, you know, mm-hmm. disabled veterans. But and that's what I mean by disabled doesn't mean necessarily that they're missing, uh, you know, an arm or a leg. Disabled means that the VA has looked at their medical history and assigned them a disability rating uh, that gives them a certain amount of compensation, a small amount for their mm-hmm. injuries that they incurred in service. But there's all kinds of uh, disability ratings, whether they're for physical or for um, emotional or mental health okay. um, uh, things that have come up from service. So um, if you have a passion for helping those people with jujitsu, you might be a fit for yeah. that for ambassador position. Okay. So get online and, and fill out that application. It took, uh, I think maybe, uh, I think I got an email from you first within about a week yeah. or two. And then I spoke to Anthony pretty quickly after that. Um, I think maybe the Corona stuff slowed, I don't know if it slowed anything down, uh, but I know that, uh, you know, my last email, he's, you know, you've been accepted. What's your t-shirt yeah. size? And, uh, yeah. and, uh, waiting on my tea. I was hoping that I'd have a t-shirt to wear yeah, today, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah. you're repping for both of us. So, <laughs> so, okay. So you become an ambassador. Let's talk a little bit about the typical ambassador or is there a typical ambassador? What are the expectations? What do you, yeah. what do you want that person doing for you? The biggest thing we want them doing is is outreach, number one, and mm-hmm. then number two with that is is securing funds. Mm-hmm. Most of our ambassadors are able to do grassroots fundraising. What okay. I mean by that is helping to set up local seminars or local open mats. We do mm-hmm. a lo- like we're trying to do an open mat push twice a year. We were planning on Memorial Day. We'll see what happens with that. And then in November for Veterans Day, we did Veterans Day last year. It was hugely successful. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, we grappling industries allows us to have a uh, booth for free at any of their tournaments. Okay. And, um, some of the Fuji, uh, coordinators have allowed us to do that as well. There's a few other promotions, um, that uh, have allowed us to do that sometimes local. Okay. Those are kind of, that's kind of the biggest way, the most common way for, uh, ambassadors to help us. But a lot of ambassadors have different skill sets. Like mm-hmm. you've got this, uh, medium mm-hmm. that we don't have access to, mm-hmm. uh, through of ambassadors mm-hmm. we've got one ambassador who kind of focuses on working on our blog okay you know we've got i with kind of different functional uh groups maybe not official titles but people pick up roles uh, okay. and as we as we move forward we're a small organization yeah. as we define more roles and people stand up uh they pick them up so yeah. we kind of utilize whatever skill set they have yeah um, because we're all volunteers okay 
Well, we well, don't, we don't yeah. hire for paid staff. You know, okay. it's, it's what, what do you bring and how can we use it? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've, we've already spoken about that. I, you know, to be clear, whatever you guys need from us, whether it's, um, you know, you were my first contact and I, and I definitely, with you being the, you know, the, the lead on the ambassador program, I, I re- definitely wanted to have you on first, but we'd love to have, you know, you know, throughout the year, have you guys come on, tell sure. us what's going on, what's changing, what do you need, what do you need from the public, what do you need from us? Again, this is, th- this is what I bring to the table, you know, Junior uh, yeah. has his skill set, I mean, you know, he's, uh, he's a, an actual veteran, uh, so uh, the two sure. of us together, I mean, he's, uh, again, uh, and I wish he was here, but uh, he definitely fills me in on the things that I don't know and that I should yeah, know for sure. uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, how and what I should be saying and, uh, and uh, you know, just really introducing me to Weedify to start. So, um, so I know that there's a, there's part of an interesting, your story on how you found Weedify, Mm -hmm. right? You, uh, I'll let you tell the story, but I believe that you came across a, or, or trained with a disabled veteran and, and then you found Weedify through that experience, correct? You want to go ahead and tell us that story? Yeah, sure. So, um, I, because I'm an airline pilot, I travel a lot. So I started throwing a gi in my, in my bag yeah. and would just train um, wherever. And I was training in Chicago at the, the downtown loop, uh, Adam Redzevic gym. And after class, I, I spoke to a veteran, an army veteran who had come back from Iraq um, in the middle of divorce, uh, a lot of financial troubles, PTSD, having a very hard time um, holding a job and just really struggling. And he said the one thing that kept, that was helping him or that kept him grounded was jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And as we talked, um, we started, I have a psychology background and I have, even though, um, I'm a pilot, I have a layman's interest in counseling and trauma management, trauma recovery and things like that. So we talked a lot about, um, some of the things he was dealing with. And I think what's interesting with trauma management is that when you're in a traumatic situation, your fight or flight system is obviously it's on, mm-hmm. but your body and your brain are trying to do one thing, and that's usually survive on some level. And when you're in a mode like that, the normal values that we have as human beings, like trying to protect the people we love, trying to protect children, um, trying to um, play by the rules, all those things, well, you, it's almost impossible to honor all of those things at once in a trauma situation. So you have to honor or your body and your brain try to honor the most important. And I'm not a, I'm not a licensed psychologist or a VA health counselor, but from my layman's study of this stuff, the term moral injury um, is used to describe things of that nature. And okay. it can be tied to PTSD. So in talking, um, we talked about how when you come back from combat and you see things or have to do things that you wouldn't normally have to do in normal life, when you're there, a lot of times, it all makes sense. But retroactively, human beings tend to judge their behavior by the value set that they um, are, are, are using at the time. So when people come back, sometimes they reapply some of the values or they think other people will apply their values to their decisions. That leads to potentially a lot of um, emotional challenges relating to other people. So when we talked about these kinds of concepts, uh, th- that veteran and I, um, I figured out or he, he said to me, is like that the way you just posed that to me was a way I've never heard anybody phrase it or frame it to before. Mm-hmm. And it's very helpful for me to understand some of the things I'm going through and why I feel like I've had such challenges here. Maybe you should get involved somewhere and start um, trying to help people because th- it was very useful. And 
that planted a bug for me. Like, okay, that I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what. And that 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 started it. Okay. And then about a year later, maybe six months later, there was a, an event in Minneapolis um, called Twin Cities Invitational, where they brought up. It's a, it was a super fight event and a series of seminars. And We Defy Foundation ended up being a beneficiary of that event. And Alan Chabarro uh, came up. He he was on the board. Uh, Brian Marvin was here. He was on the board. And Alan Chabarro is also one of the founders in Dallas. Okay. And the headquarters is at his gym. And then Brian Marvin at the time was the president, and he's based in Houston. Um, a couple mm-hmm. other people came up. And that's when I heard about what We Defy Foundation did. And if you don't know what we do... We sponsor disabled veterans to train jujitsu for a year as a form of therapy and community uh, to deal with some of their their challenges. And when I saw what that was, I, that's it. That's what I want to do. So um, I asked around there and tried to see is there anywhere I any way I can help. Um, and the Mission Twenty Two was there too, um, mm-hmm. and was that was neat too. I, I was like, wow, the, both of these organizations are, are what I would want to be involved in. And then when I started looking into them both a little deeper, I gravitated towards We Defy Foundation because Mission 22 does a lot of things, and We Defy Foundation is jujitsu, and mm-hmm. that's that's what I wanted. And it plays back to how why did I stop stand up training? It was because I wanted to focus. Mm-hmm. I wanted ever I wanted more bang for my buck, and I knew if I focused on jujitsu, I would be better at jujitsu instead of spreading myself too thin. And that's how I felt about getting involved in We Defy Foundation. That's what I wanted to do. But at the time, they didn't have an ambassador network. It was basically the board mm-hmm. and a few other people trying to run this program. And they, uh, I didn't know, but they were just starting to put together a framework for an ambassador network. So mm-hmm. about two months later, I, my best friend lives in Dallas. So we flew down there on a vacation. And I basically showed up at Alan Shabaro's gym and said, hey, I, I want to help. And I, I want to be involved, but I don't know how. And he said, well, we are starting an ambassador network, that might be a way you can do it. And uh, he, he said, what you're going to want to do is get in touch with someone named Gina Franson. Like, G- Gina from Minnesota, Gina? Like, yeah, do you, do you know her? Like, well, I don't know her, but I know of her. I'm from Minnesota. And she is, she's a gym owner here. And she was, she was at least the first female black belt in Minnesota. Um, maybe, I, don't, I don't know, maybe the Midwest. I know for sure in, in Minnesota. Um, so I already knew of her by reputation, and she just happened to be local. So when I went home, I got in touch with her, and then that's how I became an ambassador first, and then became the Midwest representative, or Midwest ambassador, and then became the national coordinator. And then in November, um, I was asked to be on the board and pick up that role. Very cool. Okay. So we talked about the ambassador side. What about the veteran side? How do they – normal interaction with you? How do they find you? What do they need to do? Let's talk to those guys for a second. Well, veterans that have a 80% – or greater rating are eligible for the program, mm-hmm. and they apply uh, on the website. We've actually we're holding off right now and accepting more applications because we have a waiting list, and we want to make sure that we can service the veterans that uh, we that we approve in a timely fashion, mm-hmm. versus having people wait on a list. I think one thing that veterans have have to deal with is that there's a lot of people that say they want to help, but there's a lot of need, mm-hmm. and a lot of times veterans have to wait for the help. So yeah. Uh, one thing that we've done recently to try to deal with that on our end is let's hold off on accepting more applications and help who we can while we can. Mm-hmm. And as we gain more funding, get more resources, we'll open that up more and more. But when, and then we'll announce when we're, we're opening the, uh, 
you know, the, the, the pool up again mm-hmm. to try to bring in more, uh, more veterans. But what they do is they apply, they do a video and some other things in, you know, in accordance with the application, they have to have a, uh, you know, a honorable discharge and stuff like that. And then the athlete coordinator looks through the application and vets everything, approves them. And then we get them set up with a gym that's either on our approved list that's local to them. Or if there's not a gym, I go out and I find one and vet it and make sure that it would be a good fit. And then that ends up being a place that we can, uh, we can place that veteran. And then what we do is we pay the veterans tuition for uh, a full year. Um, and one thing we're doing right now that, uh, you know, all the gyms are closed, but we, as the board, you know, our fundraising is, is slowed down a lot too, just like everything else in the world. Um, but we decided we're going to keep paying the gyms that are closed right now for that full year, the whole time they're closed until either that scholarship is done and it, you know, that those planned payments are finished. Or, you know, if we run out of funds, you know, then we'll, we'll find ways to fundraise again at some point and we'll, con- we'll continue to pay at that. But our focus is paying those gyms now so they keep getting some sort of income, even if yes. it's just a little bit. And then after gyms open up, we hope that they will allow those veterans to t- train for the amount of time that they missed. Okay. Um, but like I said, a veteran um, would apply through our website, get approved, and then we, we pair them up with a gym. And um, that gym becomes their home. Okay. That's kind of the, that's where that support net, network is. Because we're a small organization, and there's only so much we can do to actually provide for their needs. But mm-hmm. it's the people in your everyday life that make a difference. You know, the ones you're rolling on the mats with, the ones who you're be- making friendships with, the ones you're mm-hmm. you're communicating with and connecting with in a way that you didn't know you could, especially if they didn't have a military background. Mm-hmm. I think that trust issue is difficult for veterans and. Um, that's where the benefit of the program comes from. It's it's being with that community in that gym that that they are paired up with. So you've got the ambassadors, you've got the vets. Now, could you go into a little bit more? I know you say you vet them, but how how does a gym get on your radar? Is it typically a suggestion? Is it typically you reaching out? Are you guys actively reaching out to gyms to find more, or do they come to you? A lot of times they come to us, um, and we I don't accept everybody all the time. Uh, there mm-hmm. was a time when we did as we were growing, but we have. 250 gyms okay. and about 60 veterans um, that we can provide a scholarship for per year. We usually have between 40 and 50, maybe 55 that are actually on a scholarship at any given time because people get hurt. Um, occasionally, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, people decide they don't want the scholarship. Once in a while, that happens. You know, so we, we're not always up at 60, even though okay. that's our goal is to fund that many per year. So if somebody, that, if somebody opts out, would, would you would stop making payments yep. to the gym? I mean, that's yep. the, the gym would understand yeah. that. It's rare, but that's what happens. Yeah. yeah. So, that, so uh-huh. if that happens, then we we backfill with a new okay a new, uh, athlete. We try to put five in per month. Okay. Um, but the gyms, people. The thing is, people volunteer all the time. Mm-hmm. They want to be a part of it. It's, I think, a challenge for a nonprofit of our size is when people raise their hand. You can only utilize what you can utilize. Mm-hmm. And making sure that what they're offering you is in conjunction with your needs is a challenge. It's a great problem to have, but it's still a problem because you can be overwhelmed by problems and you can also be overwhelmed by support if you can't utilize it. Yeah. So um, typically now what I do is if a, if a gym reaches out to us and we can use them for an operational reason right now, I bring them on really quick. And if I can't right now, I let them know. I said, we will bring you on when we can, you know, in, okay. the, in the future. And I'm, pr- I'm pretty upfront about that. You know, we're looking to fill our operational needs first. That's okay. the most important thing. So you mentioned seminars as well before. Is that you guys going out and doing the seminars 
locally or are you asking the gyms to put on seminars? Let's, let's talk yeah. about that a little bit. That was the original, uh, fundraising, um, plan was that the board would go out and raise funds through seminars. And mm -hmm. when it was a really small operation, it was working and mm -hmm. it grew and the need, um, it's a huge need. And what that's part of why they ended up expanding into an ambassador network where they were finding out that, um, they could not fill the demand with that modality only. So the seminars we start, what we started to do is have our local ambassadors put together seminars, whether they're a black belt or bringing in a black belt to do something regional, because that way the costs stay down. We're not paying for travel and lodging if mm -hmm. we're not traveling and there's still usually enough of a pool. So maybe, um, you know, you end up, your fixed costs are less in, in that case. Yeah. And we'll still send uh, the, the board members out from time to time to do seminars. But I, we're casting a wider net in terms of activities that we're, we're willing to do. Um, you talked about how, you know, how can these gyms help us that, that want to be training facilities for us? Well, one of the ways that they can do, you don't have to be a training facility to have an open mat for us. Yeah. You know, to say, hey, everybody, 4th of July, we're going to throw an event and we're going to donate the mat fee to Weedify. Okay. That's the kind of help that we really need now because okay. we don't have we we don't uh, have a hard time finding veterans. Okay. We don't have a hard time finding gyms. The funding is the hard part. Okay. And anybody can help with that. Okay. Anybody can 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 help us on that path to open up and fund more vets. So anybody that's listening now, besides obviously we, nobody's going to a seminar anytime soon unless it's an underground seminar. <laughs> what? what uh, where could somebody go? They hear this. We'll put a link in our bio. Where do we go if we want to donate right now? $5, $500, $5,000. What do we do? Where do we go? We go, I go on our website. We okay. have a donate now button there. Okay. And that's the easiest way, okay. way to do it. And okay. you can do a one-time donation. You can do a recurring donation and okay. things like that. Right. If you're interested in providing more or being involved, whether it's as an ambassador or as a school, anything like that, there's an info account. Uh, info at weedifyfoundation.org and that okay. those emails go to a couple of us but i get them all mm -hmm. and then I, I i every time i get one i kind i let the person know here here's what we here's what we have needs for here's how we can here's how you can help us okay um here's how we can utilize you whether it be an ambassador um, a lot of times when people are asking about schools if i don't have an opening for them at the time then i'll ask them would you be like to be an ambassador for now until we're ready to add that add a school in that location things like that okay um so without, you know, this is kind of maybe going to be a weird question and just to get your as as a jujitsu practitioner, just to get your feel of what's going on. Um, the outlook right now for, for these gyms is is pretty grim. Um, we last week we had Jason Scully. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that name. Yeah, we had him sure. on from the Grappler's Guide and mm -hmm. he was donating or he basically raised money by donating 40 percent of his profits. Uh, from any new memberships, uh, and last I checked, I think he was right. At, he had raised twenty grand. He put ten grand in himself to get it started, and he had raised somewhere around twenty grand. I think he's going through mid-April. He's going to be raising money, and then he's yeah, going I think to it's, be. I think it's twenty third. Is it the twenty third? Okay, I think so. I, it's twenty third or the twenty fifth. It's it's yeah, so it's, it's right around it's towards the end of the month. So and yeah. the, that is a that's not a nonprofit organization. No, no, no. That is a for profit. Yeah, taking their money and trying to help other for profits, trying yeah. to help the community. Yeah, that and that's one thing I think for us, you know, the Travis Larson, the board president, and I have talked about, you know, we have funding needs. We have schools we want to support. But man, right now, everybody needs. Yeah. Support. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's a tough, it's a tough environment right now because how do you, how do you approach potential donors and say, you know, would you like to support veterans at the moment? And that's not that they shouldn't be, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of needs out there right now. Yeah. And we can't operate without those gyms. Yeah. We have to find a way to support our partners. Yeah. You know, our previous model or what we've been doing up until this crisis was we're supporting our veterans that we've approved with, with the help of these partners. Mm-hmm. But now our partners need help. Yeah. That's part of why we're, we're going to do everything we can to keep funding our partners even though they're closed. You know, mm-hmm. For them to keep billing us so that we can try to give – I mean something. I know it's small. But yeah. you know, it's, it's something that we can try to do. Um, but we, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for what this is going to look like at the, I'm certainly not an expert in this, in this field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I I think, uh, at least in terms of hope, and that's amazing is what we've seen the jujitsu community at large do for each other Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, offering free videos and zoom classes and, and reaching out to each other, you know, on Discord, which is a gaming app, you know, for, for yeah. communication. My gym has started, we had a coach start break down, breaking down matches on there. Yeah. Um, we just had a ambassador. Um, he's working with his gym right now to see if they can open up their online classes mm-hmm. to all our sponsored athletes. Okay. So that just came up yesterday. Because not every gym so, can, can, is, is getting online and doing Zoom classes yeah. and, you know, not, not everybody can do it. Uh, you know, some of these gym owners have regular jobs. Some of them are essential employees. Um, some of them did this, you know, uh, gym opens at three for the kids program or, uh, yeah. you know, so, uh, yeah, I, I, personally, you know, I, I'm worried. I'm worried for the gyms. I'm worried for the community for, you know, the entire fitness community is, is being hit. Obviously I'm in this, the jujitsu world. I mean, it, it, it looks bad. I'm not sure what kind of help they're going to get from, from the government. I'm not sure how, uh, how landlords are going to, you know, if they're going to forgive, you know, months of uh, uh, of rent and, and lease payments. Yeah. So it, it, it is a little scary. But uh, again, uh, if you guys can think of anything that 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 we could do or that you're going to be doing that we can announce here, you know, let's yeah, let's get sure it out we'll, to the yeah. masses. Yeah, um, we will. So have a little bit of a speed. round. Oh, you know, before we get into our speed round, I mean, non jujitsu related F-16 pilot. I mean, this is like the coolest thing ever. How many times am I going to have like an F-16 pilot on, yeah. you know, to talk about? I mean, that's Rare. just got to be the most amazing thing. <laughs> I, you sound like you, 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 uh, it's, it's, I, it, the look in your face is kind of like, yeah, you know, it's kind of cool. And everybody thinks it's really cool. I mean, what can you tell us about that? How amazing is, is that, uh, well, that job? Everybody thinks it's cool except my wife. <laughs> She doesn't care. No. She has never cared. No. <laughs> no. And never, never like all the time cruise, you get a lot of girls saying it's not. I mean, you still, I think you still got to be good looking and tall. <laughs> so the pilot thing never really helped there. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't attract the woman that cared about it one were, bit. You, were, you, were you married before or after becoming the F-16 pilot? <laughs> I met her while I was in training. Okay. All right. And she uh, was not. Um, not impressed? <laughs> Oh, I, I had to wear her down a little bit. <laughs> so. I mean, a, a, amazing job. You know, we live, it's, it's funny, Bo and I, uh, Bo behind the camera and my producer, we were talking about, you know, uh, I lived on the on the water in Fort Lauderdale during 9-11. Uh, and he's just, he just mentioned to me now that he's hearing 
the the the, the I, I I guess they're I think they're F-16s. I know they were F-16s during 9/11. Uh, we can hear them, you know, when, when you're close to the water. You just hear them flying up and down. I'm not sure if they're actually doing something because of this whole situation with COVID. But I know during 9/11 they were every few hours. I mean, you would probably know. I don't know if it was yeah. you know if that was something that you did. But you know, we'd hear them going up and down the coast all day, every day. Uh, and it, yeah, it was a very funny. comforting feeling. We were talking yeah. about that. It's very, very comforting to know that that was something that was happening, you know? You know, it's funny because when we, we don't live near a base anymore, but when we did, even though I said my wife doesn't care about the flying, that noise never bothered her. She said the same thing. She yeah. That was a comfort to her, yeah. especially, you know, when I think probably when I was gone in Iraq. Yeah. Too, you know, that there, that life was going on, that, you yeah. know, that these, that, um, there were still people out there trying to, to take care of each other and, and serve and, and, uh, and, and that kind of thing, um, and uh, I think that not having not having that um, around, she said. I mean, she said she said it was comforting yeah. to hear that to hear that yeah. sound. You know, yeah. it was it was a familiarity to it. I can tell you that um, sitting in my little home office here, not hearing all the cars in the street is weird. That that's discomforting. Yeah. to me, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and I actually I hear airplanes more now. Because there's less of a din of other sounds, so yeah. when the airliners go above, they're a little they they are easier to hear now. Yeah, because there's less noise in general. You know, it is kind of it's a it's a disconcerting thing. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that you had become a, an airline pilot. Is that something that you still do? Is, is that what yeah. you? Yep. That's that's the yeah, nine to five. My normal person job. Nine to nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's. Uh, I, I mentioned uh, we have a little speed round of questions, and we ask this of all of our guests, and all the hosts have, have answered as well. Uh, so I'm just going to give you a kind of like a rundown, and uh, you could, you know, I call it a speed round, but you you don't have to give us the quickest answers in the world. Okay. Okay, so uh, we'll start with the first one. If you go back in time, the moment before you stepped on the mat for the very first time, the first time you ever did any jujitsu, what would you tell the white belt you? What would you tell yourself? It's okay to suck. <laughs> That's a good one. We haven't heard that one before. Yeah, um, I, and that comes from my um, my fighter pilot background because the military does not teach you. I've said this a lot now. The military does not teach you to deal with failure. Yeah. It teaches you that failure is horrible. Really? And that's because the stakes are high. Mm -hmm. um, but there is – I think they go a little bit overboard in – or maybe I should say I took it that thought a little overboard, I think, and that if I'm not perfect, catastrophe will, will happen. Mm -hmm. And jujitsu has taught me that failure is so important to learning. Mm -hmm. you, you don't have to fear, you shouldn't fear failure, or you shouldn't let the fear of failure impact your ability to perform. Mm -hmm. And failing on the mat over and over and over has made me way better at that. And I would actually say it would be better for this, for me now, to go tell young fighter pilot that, TJ that, don't be afraid to screw up and don't be afraid to suck because you're going to be better afterwards. And it, okay. it took me being in my 40s with jujitsu to figure that part out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer this one because I think my answers have changed a little bit, um, you know, with this new injury. Uh, I've kind of said this before. Uh, this part I've said before, but now I have a different, out uh, a different take on it, I should say. Um, taking care of my body. You know, okay. I started at an older age. You know, I started right before my 40, 41st birthday. So taking care of my body, being careful, and not being scared to tap. 
because I could have tapped to this. I, I could have <laughs> okay. and should have tapped to this. I didn't real. I felt it, but it was a new kind of pain. I'm a I'm a purple belt, you know. So I'm definitely in a gym where we didn't do a lot of legs. You're not doing a lot of legs until okay. you're a high purple or you're you're getting to brown. So uh, I was in a lockdown. Somebody had me in a lockdown and just was kind of moving my leg and trying to sweep me. And he looked at me and he said, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" Are you okay, Pop? So, uh, yeah. so again, uh, you know, uh, ego, ego aside, tap often, tap early, tap often. Uh, that's what yeah. I would probably go back and say. So, other than achieving the rank of black belt, mm -hmm. what is your ultimate goal in jujitsu? Um, you know, I think it's to use it and to bring it to as many people as I can. Yeah, and um. You know, I've had, I, I'm very fortunate. I'm very goal oriented mm -hmm. and I, I tend to accomplish a lot of things that I set. Mm -hmm. Um, my first goal was purple belt because mm -hmm. it looked so impossible to get to when I first started. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not there yet. Black belt is something that's like, that is the ultimate goal yeah, someday. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, big tournament wins. I've gotten, I got to do a fight to win. I, I have set little, little baby goals all the way yeah and I, i'm able to tick them off as i go um but the one goal the one goal that i'll net i'll never be able to like like thumbs up or thumbs down because it's nebulous is just keep helping other people to find this practice yeah you know um and to help them in a, in a way that this program is, is sustainable long term yeah and that we expand what we can offer um to, to veterans because I see how it helps them. And I, it's, it's such a cliche, you know, jujitsu saved my life, but I have ambassador applications from former athletes. I have ambassador applications from people that were never in the military that literally say that jujitsu kept them alive. Yeah. And, and I think that, that even though I've got my own personal goals, that piece is the most important thing. Yeah. You know? Awesome. Okay. So next question. Number three or four. So what's the craziest jujitsu related thing that's ever happened to you on or off the mat? Uh, this is always a weird one. This is a thinker. A lot of people always answer yeah. with their injuries and things like that. Or, uh, um, let's see. Okay. So I've, I've seen it. I was rolling with a person when their ACL got mostly torn. Oof. I was, I did a throw and somebody posted and, dislocated his elbow and broke his arm ouch <laughs> and those were those were pretty crazy okay. <laughs> um thinking about injury wise but um i think at least the most unexpected one mm -hmm. was probably that that world's win yeah okay because i i um i actually wrote a i wrote something that morning at three o'clock in the morning i didn't sleep the night before so I wrote a, I wrote something at 3 a.m. I called it the naysayer, um, and I did another podcast with a friend of mine about it. And it's basically that we all have a voice in our head that's telling us what we can't do. Mm -hmm. You you can't win at worlds. You have no business being here. You're just a blue belt. You're just some old guy. Look at all those other people that are there. Um, what if I you know? And it starts when you first start competing too. It's like what if I lose? What if, are everybody? Is my whole team going to think I'm I suck because I lost? Yeah. You know, I don't want to lose. I hate losing, you know, 
So I'm dealing, I'm thinking all this stuff in my head that, you know, the day of my matches. And I, I thought to myself, like, yeah, but none of that's true. Like I've been on the mats. I've worked just as hard as everybody else. I've won matches. I've lost matches. Like the only thing I can really go out there and do is just have fun. Yeah. And, um, over the course of four hours, I wrote this Facebook post called the naysayer, just about not listening to those voices. Um, and, uh, you know, listening to the other voices that, that know that you did put in the hours. You did, you know, choosing, because we all have these thoughts. Which ones matter and which ones can you discard? Um, so when I got there, I walked out, you know, through the portal mm -hmm. with nothing but a smile on my face, just excited to mm -hmm. compete. Yeah. And um, I thought to myself, if I win the first match, it's going to be awesome. I, I just want to, if I can win one match, that's that's a success. I only... And I started going in like that. You know how they say, well, how many games do you have this year? Well, we have one. The next one. Right? You see about NFL players talk about that, right? You know, well, how many playoff games do we have to win? Just one. This one. Yeah. You know? So that's the way I thought about it. So it was my turn. The guy that I was up against was, was uh, from Henzo's in New York. And the next match over was Gordon Ryan. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I've never been in the What am I doing here? <laughs> So I won a match, yeah, and then I won another match, and I I won the the whole thing, and um, that was crazy to me, because I, I I didn't feel like I had done anything that made me deserve to go compete in that environment. I just showed up, yeah, and I I think when people sometimes people say to me like, well, that's pretty neat, you know, won a world championship, especially if they don't really know jujitsu or they don't understand how those brackets are set up. Yeah. That it's, it's literally, you don't have to be the best in the world to go to worlds. All you got to do is show up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it means everything and it means nothing. Yeah. Cause even though I have a world championship, all it means is I was the best 40 year old, 160 pound blue belt that showed up that day, that day. in that. And that's all it means. Yeah. So it's cool to have it. And it was crazy to be in that environment and it, I'm, I think the only other feeling in the moment of accomplishment that I, that I had, like that was graduating from pilot training and then graduating from the Air Force Academy. So I would put this up there with those sort of accomplishment things. Yeah. Um, but it also means nothing. Yeah. I mean, but it was, it's, I can tell you it was, it was the craziest day of emotions. Yeah. That, <laughs> you of one of you mentioned Gordon and Ryan. I had the opportunity to go to the last Just Kings event in Miami uh, and at the end of the show, we were we were talking to the guys that run the Jits Kings event. Uh, shout out to Eddie. Uh, we were talking about you know how we could work with them, and Gordon Ryan came by with his uh, with his girlfriend Natalia, and you know it's like I don't want to ask this guy for a picture. You know, it's, I don't want to be the fanboy. Yeah. And but one of the guys that I was with was trying to get Natalia's attention to to have a to to, to take a picture, and. Gordon turns and looks and I'm like, oh no. And he's like, Natalia, Natalia, one of your fans, go. Like he like encouraged her to go. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that I think this whole mystique around him, this his the personality that 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 he shows, um, yeah. he's he's actually a really nice guy. You know, it's the uh, trying to be the heel. I think I think he'll admit he he takes it to another level with the trying to be a heel. Uh, but uh, definitely changed my outlook on him when I saw that. And I said, you know, most guys, if he was really the heel, he would have been like, get the hell away from me. What do you, you know, go away. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and, and they went and they took the picture and, and it was really nice about it. And, and just it definitely changed my outlook on, uh, 
on the type of person that, you know, that, that public persona that he, that he's put on. When he was up here, um, for a seminar not long ago, um, I, I wasn't at it, but to everybody that was there that I've talked to said he was so gracious mm-hmm. and humble in person that he was just really kind and patient and, yeah. um, love taking the pictures. And, uh, you know, when, when we were setting up the, um, the, the donation stuff for Substars, yeah. they didn't, we didn't, we didn't come to them. Yeah. They came to us. Oh, that's awesome. You know, he, they asked us, um, Hey, we're, they, what they said was, would you, we're interested in, in helping to support a nonprofit, especially veterans or, or first responders wise. Would you be interested in, in, and would you talk to us about your program so we can pick who we'd like to support? So I talked to the, uh, I didn't talk, I get a chance to really talk to him specifically. And we had, uh, it was mostly through his, through his manager. Mm-hmm. But, um, what I took from the talk with his manager is that what, what he and Gary have wanted to do is find a way to, um, to use their platform to help somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and that, um, that was, that's been very clear in all my interactions with, with that, with, with them as a, as a group, that that's, that's what, why they wanted to do the Substars thing the way they did it. Okay. To, to help take their platform and elevate somebody else with it. Okay. Um, which is a really neat thing, um, yeah. you know, to have, to be approached uh, now, like we- that. We had the Substars guys on before that Miami event, and obviously I'm sure you know what's happened. Um, you can tell me no comment if you need to. Did you Were you guys able to get that money that they had pledged or that they were going to be donating? Uh, that's all up to um, Gordon's manager okay. um, to figure out. Okay. So we're not going to worry about, okay. about that at all. Um, yeah. and I, but I have talked to the manager, and okay. it's, it's in their hands to figure okay. out. All right. But you know, I'll tell you. I what, didn't know man. if that was coming directly from Substars or from them. So I actually thought it was probably coming directly from Substars. Yeah, no, it's it's um, that's all up to that's all up to. I test the subject. I I get it. No, but see, it is, and it's not because what I can say about it is, what they provided for us in terms of exposure, yeah, is phenomenal. Yeah, and the number of follows that we gained every time that Gordon Ryan made a post about it or Gary Tony made a post about it. Our social media guy was texting us and saying, "Did you see the activity today?" Yeah, that, I right. mean, if we never see a penny of a donation, yeah, I mean that's that's completely out of our hands. Okay, okay? and you know it's unfortunate that that some things worked out the way they did mm-hmm. so far, but you know if you're looking at it in terms of like what's the cumulative effect, we gained a tremendous amount of exposure. That's great because Good. because two guys wanted to help. That's great. And it cost us nothing. Very cool. Very cool. You know, so I, I have to look at it as a win for us. Okay. Side note, and I know, I know that I spoke to Anthony about this when, uh, when we had our second call uh, about the ambassador program. We had started the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Foundation where we were going to be uh, doing scholarships, one-year scholarships for veterans, first responders, and children in need. Fast forward, we found we defy. We've decided to work with you guys on that instead. So we did raise a few dollars. We raised a few hundred dollars. That'll be coming your guys' way. Um, we haven't closed out the GoFundMe yet, so there'll be. A, uh, we'll we'll make sure that we get that. I'll probably just go through the donation okay. uh, the, uh, button on your website, and, and we'll get that money to you. Uh, we'll probably be closing that in the next month or so. Um, not a lot, not a ton, but uh, sure. definitely a few hundred dollars, and I'm sure that you know every bit helps. Uh, so oh. that. Uh, uh, That'll be happening soon. So, uh, and again, more well, than happy to point it that way. You know, the way I'm thinking about money we get right now, of course, we're always trying to increase our funding mm-hmm. to 
put more veterans through later. But our focus right now is providing funds to our partners mm-hmm. that are hurting right now. Yeah, yeah. Any the money we get now, it's not going to be used to expand the program yeah. the way we'd like to because we mm-hmm. can't with everything else going on. But what we're going to be using it for is to fulfill our contracts or that we have right now to the gyms that are that are hurting. You yeah, know, that we can hopefully continue to help help them pay their bills. Very so. cool. I wanted to go back and you said something before you were talking about when you mentioned Gordon and like being in this, you're on this mat. Who am I? I'm, you know, you, you win the world. I'm just an ordinary guy. I was actually in a situation many years ago and there was a very wise man. I was in a kind of a, it was a group counseling session and there was a guy that was probably in his sixties at the time. And most of the people were probably under 35, probably 20 to 35, a group of about 10 people. And he sat there and he listened to people complain about their lives and just the different things that were going on and the different things that they thought were going to happen. And he just, he stopped everybody and he said, we worry about human beings. We worry so much and we project things that onto ourselves that never happen, you know, uh, whether it's paying your, you know, your power bill or your car payment. Did you drive here today? Yes. So you made that car payment. You got it done, right? We worry and, and we, uh, we just kind of probably worry too much about things that are never going to happen. And again, you know, to kind of, kind of mesh with what you were saying, it's like, you know, sometimes we just have, have to get out of our own way. The guy standing across from you on that mat, he's just a man, bleeds just like you. Yeah. You know, there's nothing any more special about him. Okay, maybe he's trained a little bit longer. Maybe he's got a, a, a more famous, you know, coach, a professor. But he is just a man, and if he can do it, you can do it. You know, so uh, that I, I've taken that one thing that that guy said had changed my life because I was the worrier. I was the oh, woe was me guy. I was always worried about where's you know how am I going to pay that bill? How am I? And just got out of my own way. Stop thinking about it. Yeah. Think about what's right in front of me. Attack that. Tackle that. Finish that. Move on to the next. Yeah. You know. So. All right, yeah. I just wanted to kind of throw that in. So, okay, we've got our last question. TJ, this is this is a big one. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, I tell people, this is probably the most important question that you'll ever answer in your jujitsu jiu-jitsu career. Okay, a lot of young jujitsu practitioners are listening. You know, uh, we've kind of found this fan base of uh, of white to purple. I think is uh, is like our core. Um, now they're going to follow in your lead on this one. do you and why okay do you wash your gi belt yeah all right (laughs) usually there's a whole bunch of people started yelling and arguing about it in the room with me uh we uh we've got a a hashtag going (laughs) hashtag team wash your belt uh junior (laughs) and the rest of my uh, my co-hosts do not wash their belts so my last two guests i just want everybody to note my last two guests jason scully and tj uh, tj kreitzer both (laughs) wash their belts guys and it's not did you did uh when you wash your belt does it wash away your your skills no does it wash away the magic no no okay good (laughs) we have a huge argument about that on the show it's like I think it's just basic hygiene, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, right. I, 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 I thought it was. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Just, <laughs> I, I thought it was. Uh, apparently, I'm wrong. No, you're supposed to let the sweat and the grime wear the color away and never wash it. And it doesn't get I, stinky and it doesn't get dirty. And wash it. What's that? The, say, say again. 
the more you wash it, the more it fades. Yeah. I think the redder it looks, it makes you look even tougher. You know? <laughs> Jason Scully said the same thing or something along those lines. Well, let me, I'm going to give you an opportunity, TJ. Thank you so much for coming on the show. But do you have any shout outs, uh, gym, training partners, sponsors, anybody? This is your time. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Monkey Tape's been a huge supporter for We Defy Foundation. Um, Grappling Industries, uh, I already mentioned them once before. Mm -hmm. Those are great events. Um, I think they're pretty customer centric. Um, mm -hmm. And they've been hugely supportive of us. Um, Fuji has has been um, they, they you know they run things differently than Grappling Industries in terms of the way that their distribution is set up. But we've been working with some of them, uh, some of their like regional guys um, a okay. little bit as well. Um, and they've been awesome in terms of allowing us to 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 do the things we want to do. Um, gyms, like I said M Theory in Minneapolis, um, okay. Minnesota Top Team, my home gym, Pedro Sauer affiliation. Um, and then I think the last thing I just want to throw out there is, you know, every, everybody's fighting right now. Mm -hmm. um, and we're, we're vet focused, right? Um, but the message of, of, of the needs of vets right now is it's not as loud as the, the fact because everyone right now, right now needs help. Mm -hmm. You know, first responders need help. Uh, you know, healthcare workers, the guys running delivery food need help. Grocers, people losing their jobs. Um, the world's hurting in a lot of ways right now, whether you agree or don't agree with, with actions that are taken. The reality of it is there's a lot of people hurting right now. Yeah. Um, I think it, it's really, it comes down to be kind to other people um, and take care of each other as best you can and fight, you know, um, Find a way to make yourself a little bit better every day. Yeah, and don't 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 lose this time. And even if, if that feels like pressure, you know we're not built. We're not meant to be teaching our kids at home. Most of us, you know, this isn't yeah. our normal life. <laughs> whatever you're doing to cope, and whatever you're having to cope with, the job you're doing is good enough. Awesome. You know, that's that's what I want people to um to think about. You know, we're all we're all dealing with something. Everybody has a story and everybody's dealing with something. Yeah. Wise words. Wise words to end on. Thank you so much, TJ. We appreciate Thanks, you guys. I appreciate it. Like I said, and I, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but anything that we could do to help you guys out. Um, let's, uh, you know, talk to your team there. You know, let's schedule something in the next couple of for months sure. for yeah. for somebody else to maybe come on uh, on the show. Uh, let us know when you're doing open mats. Let us know when uh, things start to turn around and, or you know, what the plan is uh, going forward. Uh, we'd love to have you or, or any of the other guys back on the show. And uh, let's keep on spreading the word. We're here for you guys. Yeah. Okay. I'd love to do that. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thank you very much, man. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to do a little housekeeping here, some of our giveaways and things like that, but I'll let you run. Okay. Thank you so okay. much, man. Thanks. Take care, TJ. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. That was awesome, man. Great guy, right? Um, wow. Again, F-16 fighter, uh, fighter pilot, man. That's just uh, amazing. Uh, fanning out, fanboying out on that one. So uh, everybody just stick around for a little bit. We're just going to go over some of our uh, our giveaways uh, you know that uh, you know that's our thing. We we want to get stuff, and especially now we want to get stuff into into your hands. And uh, you know we're not going to stop our giveaways. So uh, first of all, on YouTube, if you're watching us on YouTube, or if you're not, get over to YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. All right, your comment is going to enter you to win a fifty dollar gift card from the Jujitsu Dummy Shop. That's Jujitsu Dummies dot shop. 
All right. We didn't do any listener questions today. Some of the questions that I got were kind of general and, and were submitted by multiple people. So uh, it's hard to give away to, you know, 10 different people. But uh, we're going to give that, that winner on YouTube uh, one bottle of CBD as well from Fightback CBD. And uh, we usually give away two bottles. So we'll figure out how to get that, that second bottle into, uh, into a listener's hands. All right. But don't forget, you can still support Fightback CBD, fightbackcbd.com. Use code JJD and you'll get 15% off your order at Fightback CBD. Justin over there at Fightback is doing an amazing job. He's just another guy like Jason Scully last week, like TJ this week. Um, he's been with us since the beginning. Uh, and, you know, he does a great job. Fightback is supporting people in need, people with uh, substance abuse issues. Uh, he helps them find jujitsu as well. So uh, we're just surrounded by an incredible community and we love it. You can uh, go check out the podcast store again at jujitsudummies.shop. You can get 10% off your order with coupon code DUMMIESPOD17, all right? We just added the uh, the ranked rash guards. Got mine here. It's, this is my purple. That one's for Junior over there. This little tiny one over here. This is for uh, this is for Junior. This is a Schmedian. That's uh, that's Junior's there. Extra small. Um, we've added backpacks, coffee mugs. Do I have my white hat on? No, I don't have. We added a, a really cool jujitsu trucker hat uh, to the website. We've added Jiu-Jitsu Dummy Foundation backpacks and coffee mugs. So anything that uh, that we talk about on the show that you've seen is available on the, on the on the the website. Anyone out there that would like to work with us, sponsor the show, donate products for giveaway, please reach out. All of our social media. I'm the guy that answers at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit our contact form. On jujitsudummies.com, not dot shop, but dot com, or you can send an email to info at jujitsudummies.com. On the website, there's a form to either get involved with the show. They're both on the contact page. There's two forms side by side. You can either suggest a guest that you'd like to have us on the that you'd like us to have on the show, or you can again submit questions, make suggestions, or if you're a company that wants to get involved, you can fill out one of those forms. So uh, thank you guys for the submissions we've got. We're working on some cool uh, sponsors and, and giveaways coming soon. Podcast patrons, we, for March, I've, uh, I, I let one of the patrons know uh, that they were a winner. I'm not going to announce it now. I'm going to hold off. We just aren't able to ship the packages right now. Uh, unable and kind of don't want to right now. We don't want to be sending anything in the mail given these the, the corona situation. But we are going to be sending out those two uh, flow kimono gis uh, along with a bunch of other stuff, mugs, decals, some cool stuff, uh, patches, jujitsu dummies patches. So we're going to get those out, but we want to announce it when we are kind of maybe through this and, and things get back to a little bit back to normal. You can still support us on patreon.com forward slash jujitsu dummies, right? For every $5 that you're donating, you are actually, it's like, think of it like a raffle ticket into our podcast patron and listener giveaway. Uh, this is the first time you're hearing me say this. We are also going to include people who submit questions that we use on the show into that pool. So we're going to give away two $100 
packages, whether it's a $100 gift card to the shop, to the jujitsu shop, jujitsu dummies dot shop, I should say, or swag that we've won, like we won the kimonos or just stuff that, uh, that companies are working with us uh, and want to give away. Okay. So again, patreon.com forward slash jujitsu dummies. You can go on. Uh, it starts at $5 and it goes anywhere up to $100. we have got some cool gym shout out packages that we've added. We've got a sponsorship package that we've added. So when you go to the website, click on see all options and it'll open up. There are nine different packages that you can uh, use or purchase uh, and pledge money to the show. But get shout outs. Gyms are going to get shout outs. We'll talk about whatever specials you're running, especially now with everything that's going on. We'll be able to get you guys some exposure as we come out on the tail end of this thing. All right. Shout out to our newest patrons, Michael Pixley Jr. and Jason Smiley. We really appreciate you guys. Welcome aboard. I hope to be sending you some cool stuff soon. Eric Perkins, Britt Tover, James Fisher. We love you guys. CJ Carroll, Mission 22, Chuck Reddoor out in Hawaii, Damian Soto, Roberto Santiago here in Florida. Thank you all for being podcast patrons. We love you guys. We love getting you guys stuff. Uh, we love giving away uh, uh, T-shirts and, and gift cards. Please use them. You know, uh, a couple of you guys haven't used them yet. Uh, go ahead. get Send some. We're, we're still printing. We're still shipping out when it comes to the shop. All right. And we're going to add We Defy to our, our patron shout-outs from now on. The We Defy Foundation, doing incredible things for their community. Uh, we, uh, we hope to be doing a lot more with them in, in the near future. All right. If you want to become an ambassador, uh, you know, just log on to We Defy. We'll put the link in the, uh, the donation and the ambassador link in the description on the podcast. You can check us out at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can check me out on Instagram at UncleMiltyBJJ. I've been, uh, my friends have been calling me Uncle Milty since I was in the third grade. I used to hate it. Now it's my Instagram handle. The Jiu-Jitsu uh, Dummies Foundation, you can find us on Instagram at the JJD Foundation, on Twitter at the JJ Dummies FDN, and our GoFundMe is still in the description. Any of that money that's raised, we're going to get that to Weed Defy. So if you're donating to us, you're donating to them. All right. Um, we still want to start the uh, the sponsorships, the uh, the jiu-jitsu scholarships. I believe we're going to, uh, since we're working on with We Defy on the veterans program, uh, we're going to probably reformat the foundation, and it looks like we're probably just going to be doing scholarships to kids in need. All right, um, don't want to really drop the first responders, but I think our focus is gonna is gonna lie there. All right, so. Again, anything that's donated now until we shut down the GoFundMe is going to go to We Defy, and then we'll uh, we'll kind of uh, announce the next GoFundMe and exactly where that money's going to go and how much we're going to be donating to children in need. So that's it, guys. Thanks uh, for sticking with us. I appreciate you guys uh, checking us out. Uh, stay healthy, stay safe, stay home, and thank you guys for listening. Take care, guys. Bless. Bless.